Welcome back. I'm Colton Moore. This is the And One More Thing show. And it's Monday afternoon. Congratulations. You made it through the weekend and you survived Monday. It's going to be a good week. I can feel it. Last week, preseason football before the big show kicks off. We've got we've had college football on the TV. It's, uh, it's a great time of year. Everything's getting ready to fire off. It's going to be entertaining. Notable news today. Odell Beckham Jr. signed a $95 million contract. And uh, he was pretty pumped about it. But I just heard that uh, Homer Bailey makes more money than he does per year. And Homer Bailey is 1-17 as a starting pitcher uh, for the Reds this year. So there's that. So a uh, little brief life advice for you. If you're an athlete, go get that baseball money. That's all there is to it. You can you can just be another guy in the league and make more money than the highest paid athletes in the NFL. Go get that baseball money. It's the easiest way. Just be just be an average guy in the league and make tens of millions of dollars a year. That blows my mind. For to play baseball. Half of baseball, you're just sitting on the bench anyway. And the other 45% of baseball, you're just standing around waiting for the ball to come your way. Go get that money. Alright, advice to the athletes. I think I rest my case there. That's really all you need to know about baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, shoot. I think Starling Castro used to stand out at shortstop and take a nap when he was playing for the Cubs, so... You could... You make a lot of money doing a whole lot of nothing playing baseball. Uh, yeah. So... Pardon me, sorry about that. Another preseason football weekend out of the way. We saw Cam Newton give himself a concussion. Well, they say he didn't get a concussion. He got a black eye, though, because he uh, tried to jump over somebody and landed on his own head. And that was kind of a funny video to watch. know that there's going to be a rookie quarterback start this year. There has been every year for the last 10 years, but just none of them really seem uh, not dialed in yet. The best shot, I guess, would be uh, uh, what's his face up in Buffalo? Is that Rosen or Allen? I don't know. One's in Buffalo and one's in Arizona. Rosen and Allen. Those are your two best shots, I would think. Because Lamar Miller's... Not Lamar Miller. Lamar Jackson's going to start to... Well, he's not going to start. He's, he's still struggling for second string with RG3. Uh, Joe Flacco's got that firmly in, in hand, at least for this year. Um, Josh McCown... Probably going to start week one for the Jets. Uh, you know, 
barring any illnesses or anything, I just or any injury, just don't think Sam Darnold's quite on par with him. He gives him the best chance to win. Josh McCown does. Um, Big Ben's going to start over Mason Rudolph for sure, for sure. There's just there's a lot of quarterbacks came out that were highly touted, highly touted, touted. Baker Mayfield uh, still really probably has the best shot, but uh, Hugh Jackson is adamant that uh, Terod Taylor is going to start. But then again, I haven't really seen what's going on with his wrist, uh, how his injury is holding up. So that's probably the best shot if uh, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Baker Mayfield will be starting, and, and he probably has the, the most seamless transition uh, to the NFL, I think, just from the way he plays and, and his attitude. I think he's got the best chance of Adapting. Seems to be able to roll with the punches. Uh, as far as baseball goes, uh, the Cubs just swept the Reds yesterday. Um, so that was fun. Finally got some bats going. Uh, with the two uh, most recent acquisitions, Cole Hamels and Daniel Murphy. They've, uh, they're have they 5-0 since Daniel Murphy came. And, and uh, Cole Hamels has been lights out of the starting pitcher as well. Arguably, they're two best players at this point in time. So, uh, good for them. Good moves by the management to grab them. Baseball, man, it's almost September. That's getting down to the nitty-gritty. We uh, Luckily, that five-game sweep, hopefully I haven't looked, checked the standings uh, today or this weekend, really. I know last I saw, we were three games up on the Cardinals. Um, and then we won two or three games. I don't know how they fared. So it could still be right around that neighborhood, probably in the three to five games up range. So it's, uh, and we've got the best record in the National League. So, man, the Cardinals really come on strong since they fired their manager. They've been way more aggressive and uh, winning some ball games. Kind of on fire. So it's always good to have a good Cardinals team and have a, a real uh, strong rivalry. I love rivalry games when both teams are competitive. Cardinals and Cubs, when they're both competitive, that 2015 playoff series, oh my goodness, that was amazing. Uh, and then, you know, my, uh, my first regular season, the NFL game was Bears-Packers back in 2013. December like 29th it was like New Year's Eve Eve and it was uh, winner wins the north and goes to the playoffs and, and loser goes home and that was a great such a good atmosphere and such a good game uh, when, when teams are competitive and didn't the Packers play in 2010 when they went to Tigers went to the Super Bowl they played the Bears in the NFC Championship game so that was I remember that happened. that was great too that was you don't see that very often have a conference teams or uh, division teams play each other in the playoffs. Doesn't happen a whole lot, but that's always uh, it's always fun to see. Especially when it comes down to a, you know, a championship game or something like that. I mean, an interesting take on the playoffs would be just have all your have all your teams qualify and then just jumble them up. So you don't have a you don't have an NFC side of the playoffs. You don't have an AFC side of the playoffs or National League or American League or East for West and basketball or whatever they are in hockey. Probably East and West there too. 
You just take all the people that qualify for playoffs and you jumble them up. You still have your... You're still seated, right? right? If you're one seed, you're a one seed. Um, but so you might play... Your one seed might... You know, there might be two or three seeds in your same bracket that have better records than you depending on, you know, how they qualified. And, you know, the qualifications still go based on... Uh, regular season, you know, their your divisions and conferences and whatnot. But if you jumble those up when you get to the playoffs, you could potentially have an interconference rival or an interdivisional rival for the Super Bowl. Could you imagine that? If you jumble that up and you had a a Bears Packers Super Bowl or you had a uh, had like a 49ers Seahawks Super Bowl or something, you know, one of these great rivalries. A Jets and Giants Super Bowl? They're not they're not the same uh, whatever. That could happen anyway, couldn't it? Yeah, they really could. Uh, so scratch that one. Got a Patriots Bills Super Bowl? How about that? That'd be fun to watch. I'm telling you, I'm here to fix sports. I'm here to make it more fun. Tell me a better idea than that. You can't. I know. Speaking of fixing sports, I already told you guys how I was going to fix baseball, right? Uh, as a runner, you can steal first at any time. How about that? You see a ball come flying. It's in the dirt in front of you. You just drop your bat and take off because you know it's going to bounce over the catcher and go back to the backstop. Yeah, buddy. Steal first, as long as there's nobody on first, granted. You know, if there's someone on first, you can't steal it, even if they're stealing too. That's, you know, you gotta have some restrictions on it. Yeah. I mean, that's coming from a true uh, guy who's afraid of the ball, who uh, doesn't like to swing the bat. It's <laughs> the only way I can get on base if I can steal first. Yeah, none of this, then just get rid of drop third strike. If you, if you strike out, you strike out. Or keep it, I guess. I, if they drop the ball, yeah, sure, you should be able to take, take your base. You should be able to try and get there. Now, never mind. I think I don't like drop third strike. If you strike out, you strike out. Um, you got to watch out for the other base runners on drop third strike. Just like any other time you, you drop a ball, catcher. Um, but the batter shouldn't be rewarded for your ineptitude and their ineptitude. If they, uh, they strike out, they should go have a seat on the bench. But if that first pitch is in the dirt, oh man, I'm taking off. It's a way to fix the game. Uh, another less realistic, but also probably super fun idea. Uh, get rid of the warning track and make it a trampoline. Huh? Trampoline warning track. That'll, that'll counteract some of those, uh, all those home runs. Be super fun. I'm here to help. I really am I'm here to help. I want to make I want to make sports more fun. I want to make sports more interesting. Anybody anybody's got the any of the commissioner's number? Let them know. Make sure you credit me. Let's do this. Let's make sports entertaining again. All right, we'll be back in a minute.
welcome back. I'm Colton Moore. This is the And One More Thing podcast. And uh, I was listening to a comedy sketch the other day. And for the life of me, I can't remember the guy's name that was doing this bit. Um, let's just listen to... It was like a... Oh, shoot. Uh, it was just a comedy station on Pandora. I can't even remember like a John Mulaney comedy station, so it goes through all these other similar artists, comics. Um, but this guy was talking about how he doesn't, doesn't fear getting old, like catastrophic aging, you know, how you need to replace your knees and stuff like that. He's excited for that. He wants to be part robot, right? He fears is that stuff when your body just slowly falls apart. And uh, he goes into how he'll just be driving on the road. He'll go, Chipotle. It's like, gosh dang it, I don't even want Chipotle. Why am I reading that sign out loud? I'm just here by myself. Oh, but here I go. Ooh, Chipotle. It's like his body's running diagnostics. Like, because, uh, you know, it, it messes up every once in a while. So it just wants to make sure, you know, your brain sends a, a signal to your mouth. Hey, can you, in your eyes, hey, can you read that? Chipotle. I sure can. All right. Check. But uh, it doesn't have to do that because occasionally it, your body just does weird stuff, like bites your own tongue. Like, uh, bite your tongue, and he's like, "Gosh, dang it! It's been in there the whole time." Yeah. <laughs> your teeth literally grew in around your tongue. You'd think your mouth would know where your tongue was at at all times, and you wouldn't bite it. He was obviously a lot funnier than I am right now, but that's the gist of the story. And I just like that line: "It's been in there the whole time." And, uh, and on that note, um, if you can see me, you get a nice little, nice little laugh. I got a nice, uh, two by two bandage with some tape on my head because I'm 28 years old, right? I've been on this earth darn near 30 years and my brain still doesn't know where my head is at at all times. And I, it just, I just smash it on things all the time. So I was working on this uh, bulldozer today, trying to pull off a water pump, and I go to stick my head into the engine compartment to get a better look. That's a little bit tight in there. I can't really see. It's a weird angle. I stick my head in there, try to get a better angle, and just think, uh, caught it on a stupid catalyst module. The big old round thing and metal thing, and it's got a like a sheet metal lip, where it's got it's got a cap on one end, but then the that caps the tube, but the tube sticks out past it a little bit, and so it's just this, uh, uh, probably sixteenth of an inch thick metal that just peeled back a little bit of skin on my head. So then I had to—I was holding the napkin on it, and uh, my my, my uh, safety team leader. Saw me and so I asked him, "Hey man, how's it look?" He's like, "Ooh, I mean, you get a bandaid or something on that." And I just was like, "Well, I was doing something, so I waited a little bit." My supervisor came over and they're like, "Man, you want me to put a bandaid on there for you?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, let's do that. I didn't even take a look at it. And I don't think it's that bad, but whatever." So he goes and grabs the first aid kit. He's looking through there, couldn't find what he needed. So he's like, "Why don't you just head over across the hall to medical and uh, nurse in there?" fix you up and it's no big deal and we'll just make sure we write it down so we follow all the right avenues or whatever but it's 
don't worry about it and that way you're not bleeding all over the place so I go across the hall and a lady like looks at me and is like oh, what'd you do well, I hit my head <laughs> so why else would I be holding a napkin on it she's like are you a Caterpillar employee I'm like no I'm agency she had to check and see if she could even do anything for me because being agency and not being Caterpillar employee turns out she could but her computer's not working so she can't really look up any of my information and so she's asking me like when was your last tetanus shot and I'm like I don't know 10 years ago 2008 before I went to college and uh oh yeah well there's no information on here so I'm just going to give you another one so I got a free tetanus shot today and she put this big old fat band-aid on my head she measured the scratch that was only five millimeters long <coughs> sorry excuse me it's just it's just a little she's like I wouldn't even call it a cut it's just an, an abrasion here I am walking around with this yarmulke looking thing on top of my head for the rest of the afternoon it's a sight to behold, let me tell you. But, it stopped the bleeding, I guess. I'll take it off when I get home, I think, and see if it doesn't start bleeding again. But, yeah. You ever done something like that where you're like, gosh, dang it, how many times am I going to hit my head before I learn to be aware of where it's at at all times? And it's not always that I don't know where my head's at. I know where my head's at. I just don't always know what's around my head. Because it's big. I got a big head. So, you know, my brain thinks I can squeeze into these little spots or whatever. Or it forgets that I'm underneath something. And bing, I don't know how many times I hit my head on a sharp corner or something. Cut it open. Don't worry, it's just little bitty scratches. But they hurt. And as many times as you hit that steel, steel never moves. And it's always me that ends up bleeding. Never, never the sheet metal. can't really think of anything else that I do that I do that with um, with the exception of uh, I used to have a a bed with a footboard and the footboard had these little like I don't know it, it didn't go straight up and down with the edge of the bed it kind of stuck out a little bit past the edge of the bed I'm gonna scratch my throat sorry folks and I don't know how many times I'd come around the edge of the bed and just hug like the mattress and just bash right in the middle of my stinking quad. Boom! Right into that stupid piece of wood sticking off the top of that footboard. Oh, man. You do it once and it would hurt, right? Then you turn around and do it like the next day when you're still sore. Oh, it dropped me to the ground. I don't know. Several times I would drop to the ground and just basically be in tears because it's just right square in the middle of your thigh in the middle in front of your leg man that hurts just thinking about it I, I i did that countless times and i was so glad when we got rid of that bed so glad like why would they do something like that it always had the comforter draped over it so you couldn't really even see where it was at exactly and you know you just Nobody 
swings out wide when they go around corners in their bedroom, they always hug the edge of their bed. And I would always bash my stinking quad right on that stupid thing. Oh, man. You'd think I'd learn. You'd think I'd learn. But, alas, I never did. Finally just got rid of the bed. That's the same way growing up, though. We, uh, you know, it was my job to take out the trash. And for some godforsaken reason, we had uh, a cabinet right at head level above the trash bag. So you'd bend down to grab your trash bag and you'd go to pull it out of the trash can and ugh, you'd hit your head right on the corner of that cabinet. Did that countless times too. They, we finally put a rubber corner around the edge of that corner and that helped, but it still hurt like a dickens when you smashed it. And it's, it's a wonder I don't have a permanent dent in my head from that. I mean, I'm sure you've all got stories of similar things. It's just, it's, just, it's amazing. The things the human body is capable of. Um, that you know, there's gymnasts and like the synchronized divers that are so aware of their body position they can twist and turn and wind up back on their feet or aligned perfectly with the water as to not cause a splash when they go in. And my sting of body can't remember where its head's at, or that there's a footboard at the end of the bed, and I better give it a wide berth. I just... Some lottery I won, right? Alright. Get you in a second, folks. Hello, welcome back to more thing podcast um colton moore and i'm here with a little uh christian faith education for you if you're a regular listener which i hope some of you are uh, you'll wear where you are well aware by now that i am a collegiately trained former district minister in the Church of the Nazarene. I served for a couple years as a youth pastor in various roles, whether it be full-time or as an intern. And uh, I've got a love for the intricacies of Scripture and just the kind of things that get overlooked by the general populace. I don't know if uh, what your particular beliefs are as you're listening to this. Um, and I'm not trying to persuade you anyway but I'll give you a little background on what uh, what is commonly believed in the Christian faith is that uh, the only way to be saved is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior in your heart uh, believe in him and trust in him uh, uh, and, tr- and to uh, follow him, act like him, basically, uh, you know, love others the way he loved you. Um, so you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, um, you ask him for your forgiveness, and you uh, repent of your sins, and turn and walk away, and do your best to 
not commit any more sins. It's kind of a basic of a general understanding of the way of salvation. Uh, that you get kind of generically across uh, Christian faith. But I would argue that's not 100% accurate. And that's definitely, that's definitely a way uh, to be saved. It's definitely a way. And it's probably the most common way. Unfortunately. Uh, due to lack, due to the lack of faith of uh, believers. Personally, I'm going to call us out. Um, believers, we have a lack of faith. If we had more faith... There would be a lot less people lost. And that's just a plain and simple fact. There's a story in the Bible. Um, I'd have to... I don't know the reference offhand, but uh, if you're familiar with the Bible, you surely would, would know this story. Um, I'm just going to tell it to you in a, in a story here, and then we'll then we'll talk about when it's done. Uh, so there's this guy. Call him. Uh, call him uh, Gerald. And Gerald is a uh, invalid. Whether he's a quadriplegic, I'm not sure. Part of the mad point of the story is he can't walk. He can't uh, move himself around. He hangs out on a mat, presumably uh, begging for scraps of food um, because money won't do him a lot of good because he can't get anywhere to spend it. Right. Um. And in the town where Gerald lives, uh, Jesus was coming, and uh, he was going to be speaking at a house. And fortunately for Gerald, he had a handful of really good friends. And I know they're really good friends because Gerald could offer them very little in return for their friendship. Uh, but they gave it anyway. And that's, you know, not the most significant part of the story, but it's a very significant part of the story. I hope you have friends like that in your life. Uh, at least one good friend who even if you could offer nothing in reciprocation for their uh, love as a friend uh, they would still be there for you um, I hope you have someone like that but anyway Gerald had by uh, I'm not sure if it says and it might say in the scripture that he had four friends but that's how I've always pictured it anyway. Whether or not it says that or not, I can't be sure off the top of my head. Could have been more. Um, certainly it probably wasn't less. Uh, just given what they did. So Jesus was uh, hanging out at this house. Preaching and uh, teaching and healing and saving. and Casting out demons. Do all things Jesus did. He was a... Uh, he was a known miracle worker in his time. And, uh, so, you know, this is the Middle East. They've got these clay, mostly clay houses, clay and stick, or maybe stone. Uh, I'm imagining like a soft 
clay, brick, stone house. I feel like I just did the same thing a million times in a row. Maybe with, maybe with uh, like terracotta shingles on top or something. I mean, you just picture, picture a, a Middle Eastern 3080 home, what you imagine. And uh, his friends just knew that if Gerald could get to Jesus, that Jesus would heal him. So then, um, having faith in that, uh, I'm assuming uh, that there were four of them, and they each grabbed a corner of his mat and said, Hang on, Gerald, which is kind of ironic. Uh, we're going for a ride. So they carry him down the street. Uh, they get to the house, and they go, Well, crap. How are we going to get in there to see Jesus? I mean, it was crowded. Packed shoulder to shoulder in the room. Then there was a crowd outside to where you could, you know, you could just barely hear them. You know, they're probably 20 deep outside the house. So one of them says, come on, guys, follow me. And they carry Gerald around to the, the back of the house. And there's a, a ladder or something back there. And they somehow rig it up and get Gerald on the roof. Which I can't imagine it's very easy to get a deadweight person up on a roof. Maybe one of them threw him over his shoulders. Did a little fireman carry to get him up there or something. I'm not really sure. To get up there and they're like, well, shoot, now what? It's like, well, here, hang on. And he found a, a stick or a broken pot or something. They just started digging in the roof. We'll, we'll go in through here. Hope the homeowner had insurance, personally. Uh, so they start digging and I can just imagine the uh, the image inside the house is you know these fellas start digging a hole in the roof and and these pieces start falling in down into the the main room there where Jesus is probably you know like plaster falling on his head or something and first there's a there's a little hole and and they can, you know, they look up and they see the faces or whatever, or a face or just hands, because it's just a little hole to begin with. And they got to sit there and, you know, by this time all eyes are on the stinking hole in the roof because it takes a minute to get a hole big enough to drop a body through. So they do that, and I'm sure Jesus probably just stopped and watched. And then his four buddies, I don't know, they grabbed the four corners of his sheet again, or they each grabbed a two of them grabbed a hand and they just lowered old Gerald down to the ground which is an impressive feat in itself I hope they didn't just drop him and uh, there may have been words exchanged it's not really recorded what was said but Jesus looks up at his friends on the roof I'm sure he got a little twinkle in his eye, maybe a little, a little grin for him. And then he looked down at Gerald and said, Young man, or Gerald, or... Because of their face pointing up to the roof, your sins have been forgiven. And I don't know if you caught that, but he says, Because of their faith... Your sins have been forgiven. He didn't say because of your faith. We don't even know if Gerald wanted to be there. 
We don't know his attitude towards Jesus. But he had faithful friends who believed in Christ's power. And because he did, his sins were forgiven through no act of his own. And not nothing on his part. And then it goes on to say, uh, you know, Jesus could tell the, the Pharisees in the room were all like, who is this guy saying he can forgive sin? So da, 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 da. So Jesus, you know, he knows this. He can he can sense that that's what they're thinking. And he says, listen here, fellas, <clears throat> to the Pharisees. Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier for me to say get up and walk? Well, obviously it's easier to say your sins are forgiven, right? Because you can't prove that anyway. Uh, to, tell, to tell this cripple that everybody knows is can't walk or do anything to tell him to get up and walk requires power for him to actually be able to do it and back in those days a healing like that would be symbolic of your sins being forgiven um you know they they thought if you were you were if you were crippled like that there was a reason for it um because either you sinned or your parents sinned or something along those lines um so without waiting for an answer, you know, to the question, is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? He says, to prove to you that the Son of Man, pointing to himself, has the power to forgive sins. I say to you, Gerald, pick up your mat and go home. And so Gerald does. Picks up his map. And bolts out of there. And naturally that ticked off the Pharisees. And they, you know, plotted to, to kill him. and Which they eventually succeeded in. Kind of, sort of. Um, but that's just a really cool story. There's a lot of things going on there. I like to prove to you I got the power to forgive sins, get up and walk. Can you imagine? This guy's been crippled his whole life. You know he's frail. He ain't got no muscle tone because he never used his arms and legs. So in that moment of healing, it had to have been like, he had to have bulked up a little bit to be able to support his weight to get up and walk. So not only were his, his bones straightened and his muscles healed and rejuvenated, he 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 also had the the mental ability to walk. It's not it's not easy to just balance, especially when you have it your whole life. I'm trying to get my 1-year-old to try and learn how to walk right now. And she don't even want to stand up, <laughs> let alone walk. Um, but yeah, so that's just something that kind of stands in the face of the generally accepted path to salvation. Um, that uh, if you have people in your life that have faith, 
uh, regardless if you do or not, your sins can be forgiven because of their faithfulness, which is a really cool thought to have. And it's kind of an indictment on modern Christianity that uh, there's not more people being saved. Why don't we have the faith of Gerald's friends bringing our people to Jesus? Bring them to Jesus in prayer. Bring them to Jesus in person. Bring them to church. Drag them. Drag them. Because, because of your faith, your friend's sins can be forgiven. It says it right there. All right. That was fun, folks. Again, I'm not trying to preach at you. I just... These are things that I find interesting. And just really cool thoughts, guys. And, uh... Again, if you have any suggestions, things you want me to talk about, things you want to know that I might be able to answer, uh, portions of the podcast that you like best, please let me know. And, uh... I want to tailor to what people like um, and also what comes easiest to me to to talk about. Uh, Because, you know, driving in the car is not the best uh, platform for this. You know, I I can't read notes or anything like that, so I don't really take any. Um, So it's always kind of flying by the seat of my pants here. And I know that sometimes makes it hard to listen to. Sometimes makes it kind of boring. But, uh, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Hope you guys are too. Uh, That's all I got for you today, folks. Have a good night.